Welcome back to React Native Radio Podcast. Brought to you by us. It's been a while. We're back. Rejoice. Episode 243, We React to News. I'm really excited because I'm going to actually get to see both of you in person next week, which is going to be really fun. Yay. In 3D. In 3D. I have never met Mazin in 3D. Yeah. Is that true? That's, right. yeah. That's true. Well, I mean, you were at Chain React though, Mazin, right? Correct. But I don't think... I don't know. I don't think I met you. I don't think I met Robin. Okay. Maybe in passing. I I was not so much with the mingling and the networking. That's... Totally, that that kind of surprises me, Robin. You're such a social (laughs) butterfly. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, And uh, the reason uh, actually is because actually, Robin, you weren't there last last. I was uh, not at the last an all team retreat. That's right. It was last fall. I was on maternity leave. Yeah, so we'll get a chance to see each other. Hopefully, Uh, illnesses willing, (laughs) and flight delays willing. (laughs) Flight, de- flight oh my delays. gosh yeah. oh man i hope no one gets like stranded in an airport on their way right yeah no kidding i won't mention the name of the city but i'm stuck in i would be stuck in a city i would not want to <laughs> <laughs> now, well, I, I don't, now everybody oh detroit <laughs> i've only flown through detroit once and the thing that stuck with me was i got dropped off at the end of this one terminal like this terminal and i could see like it was just it was it was so long that they had to account for the curvature of the earth just about like it was (laughs) ridiculous and i had to run all the way to the other end by the it was like 20 minute you know uh um what do you call that standby no sorry 20 minute layover yeah thank you i can't think today uh and uh, i barely made it to the to the other terminal like they were just finishing up it was weird such a long terminal. I've never had good experiences at Detroit and Houston, actually, for that matter. Yeah. Um, but both have been coming to the country from an international flight. Mm. Um, so that may have been one. The domestic terminal might be better. Who knows? But as long as I make it to my final destination, yeah. that's all that matters. Jamin and I are fortunate enough to get to drive right. and not have to deal with flying. Yeah, because we're doing that here in the Portland area over at Skamania Lodge, for those of you in the Pacific Northwest, you may know where that is. Now, see, it's okay for us to tell everyone where we'll be, because by the time this comes out, it will be over, so we won't have That's any true. stalkers. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be, like, fans outside Skamania. <laughs> Paparazzi. <laughs> uh, okay, It's everybody. fun, though. I really enjoy the, the whole experience, and we, we'll have everybody for the week, and yeah, it's great. Oh, it's so much fun. I'm so excited. With that said, we do have a podcast to do. Uh, so I'm Jamin Holmgren, your host and friendly CTO of Infinite Red. And I'm located in the Pacific Northwest with my wife and four kids. Uh, I am joined by my meritorious co-hosts, Robin and Mazen. Definition. Robin. Full of merit. Pints. Yes, full of merit. Yes. I mean, yes. Uh, it's, it's a loaded word because it's been used in so many weird ways. But I'll, I'll just use it in the most positive way. Robin is a senior software engineer at Infinite Red. She's located west of Portland, Oregon, with her husband and two kids, and has specialized in React Native for the past five years. Also joined today by Mazen Chami, uh, also a co-host. Mazen lives in Durham, North Carolina, with his wife and newborn 
Lapoy. He is a former pro soccer player and coach, which I love because then we can talk sports. And for some reason, like so many devs just don't like sports. Uh, actually, Robin, you do. You, there are certain sports you like. You, you like like college football Watching. or something. Okay. Watching. Yeah. I don't play any sports. Okay. There's not an athletic gene pool in my family. You know, my, my daughter, my 14-year-old daughter, sorry to pause Mazen's intro here, but my 14-year-old daughter did not like any sports. And then my wife put her into a tennis camp for summer and she loved it. Mm-hmm. She absolutely loved it. It was like, she said it was like her favorite week ever. It was just so much fun. In fact, last night we actually set up a net on the back patio, which isn't like super big, but it's probably like, I don't know, 20, 25 feet long by maybe 14 feet wide or something. It's, you know, it's got some size to it. And we were batting, uh, you don't say batting. We were racketing. Badminton, maybe? <laughs> no, it was actually a tennis ball and tennis rackets, but like across uh, a, a net. And, I think they uh, call that a rally. Rallying. Okay. We were yeah. rallying last night. It was really fun. Um, her, she did hurt her wrist at the last day, so it's it's been slowly healing. But, mm. um, but yeah, she just loved it, and she's never done any like sports before. So yeah, that was that was that was kind of cool. I see. Anyway. I did. I did yeah. play tennis, and I okay. enjoyed it, like it. But I just wasn't good at it. And so when I tried to be on the tennis team, they're like, mm, "You can hang out with us, oh, and condition with us if you want, but we won't let you play any matches because you're not good enough." <laughs> Yeah, see, that's uh, see at our high school, and this is actually one of the cool things. They have a no cut team, so if she tries out, she'll make it, and so that's she'll nice. get a chance. I to feel like that's play. so important for. I really, I really hate how much you high know, school sports like demoralize kids. There are a lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, you know, like uh, kids are being coddled and they they need the competition participation and I, trophies. I, yeah, 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 and I, I get like some of that. Like I, I probably even said it myself mm-hmm. uh, to some degree, but. You know what? At certain ages, it's actually more important that they get the experience than that we filter out the week. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, like that can happen later. You know, yeah. like when they go try out for the college team, like I did, and get cut. Believe it or not, being part of the team and learning teamwork skills and like participating is more important than maybe yeah. winning all the things. Anyway, that's a that's a whole can of worms. Mazen, what do you think? You've played at a very high level. Are you, I totally uh, agree with that. I okay. I do think that maybe you know you could pick maybe high school specifically where that should be the case because yeah. again everyone's you know you're in school with friends and all that kind of stuff. So high school would be great for that environment. And if someone really wants to take it to the next level, there's always the opportunity to play travel or club, whatever it's called, yeah. in in your area. So I think yeah. I I'm totally for it. I, yeah, and I I see a lot of like high school high schools specifically like trying to be over the top with it and mm-hmm. they're just kind of they're they're messing with the kids a lot in my opinion yeah i feel like so many so many people who played like high school athletics especially in the in the in the u.s but probably abroad as well they have these horror stories of mm-hmm. coaches who just were like i mean i don't know i have stories myself like yeah. uh, like from so, high school where where they would just make decisions that were anti-kid, uh, pro them, basically. Yeah. You know, I was very luck, very fortunate. My high school coach was one of the primary reasons where, like, I got to where I was in my career. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I got lucky in that in that regard. And he had the same mentality, also. And that was in Nigeria. 
Correct. Yeah. He was actually a, an American hmm. um, PE teacher from Charlotte, North Carolina. Really? Not far from where you are now? Nope. Which leads me back into your bio. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mazin is a senior React Native engineer over in North Carolina, also here at Infinite Red. I, I honestly would mm-hmm. talk about this, like the whole podcast, yeah. but we do still have a show to get to make here. Uh, sorry, Mazin. No, you're good. I cut you off on that. 20 minutes later. We're I know. This episode is sponsored by Infinite Red. Just go to infinite.red slash React Native. I'm going to skip all that because, you know, like we got we got to get moving. We know. We know, you know, infinite.red. Uh, let's get into our topic. We are actually doing a We React to News episode, which we haven't done in a while. No, it's been, it's a, been a while. It's been a while. So There's been a lot of news. There has. So we're going to have to probably, uh, you know, we're only going to get to a few of these things. So uh, there's a whole big list, but we'll, we'll, we'll give it our best. So what is the biggest news, Robin, that has come out, in your opinion? Well, there's, I've heard buzz ev- pretty much everywhere. Everyone's talking about a new package from Shopify called Flashlist. 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 Mm-hmm. Which is a performant alternative to Flatlist, which is mm-hmm. native, like React Native Core. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone is just like buzzing about it, super excited because it's supposed to speed up your lists enormously. It's kind of a drop-in replacement, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can mm-hmm. kind of swap it out with just minimal changes right there's there's a few things that are different or missing that they uh acknowledge in the documentation but for the most part it is yes it's a drop-in replacement it's also kind of a little bit harder than a drop-in replacement for sec for section list also yeah it's doable there's there's a little bit of a couple caveats one of our devs just did it successfully correct yeah Last so week. It's possible. You just might have to dig into the documentation a little bit deeper. They have a section in their documentation now about how to implement section list, I think. There's a guide. Mm. I don't know if it's new. Based on the pictures, based on the GIFs, oh, or GIFs, however you say it, uh, <laughs> of what it looks like, it, this is very exciting because I've um, actually on the same project Robin and I, you and I worked on. Mm-hmm. I they have a lot actually, of trouble with their lists. Yeah. And that was something we spent a long time trying to troubleshoot and fix. And there's only so much you can tweak. Exactly. There's so many at, levers at you point, can pull. Mm-hmm. It was like we would pre- like try and pretend when they were like four or five pages away from the bottom to then fetch and reload and that caused issues. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, you, mm-hmm. you, you just introduce more problems because you're like, mm-hmm. are you optimizing for the amount of cells that it's rendering ahead of time? But then those trigger more network requests, which make it slow exactly. again. And so it like... It was a double-edged sword at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. this just seems like a great replacement for all that kind of stuff. Based on, yeah, based on the the examples in the readme of what it looks like, mm-hmm. it looks phenomenal. Just like endless scrolling with no gaps. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's, it's you know, kind of about time that we, that we got to improvement i think you know way back in the day and i don't know if either of you used the predecessor to Flatlist, which was list view list view i did Mm -hmm. use list view on my first my first project yeah um which obviously it had its own limitations that was pretty pretty rough um and i feel like it's probably a testament to Flatlist's uh api that they kept the same api yeah it's it's a good it's a good api that we found like what works 
Yeah. And people are used to it and they're fine with it. Like there's nothing wrong with it. Just just I use the like, same API, but make it fast. I feel like if we had this podcast, then we would be announcing flat flat list the same mm-hmm. way. We're announcing like, flat we probably list. Are would've. you tired yeah. of using list view? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like Flatlist was a huge innovation when it first came it out. Was. It was so it was very totally. exciting. So I wonder if uh if the React Native side of things, if, if they're going to maybe take some lessons from Flashlist and bring it back to Flatlist, that's an interesting topic. I don't know. It's just kind of like how I'm reacting. We are planning and we're actually in talks with uh, Shopify to get a, a guest on here to talk about Flashlist. So I'm I'm excited to, to go into that at some point. Yeah. One other thing to note about it is it's, it's built with reanimated and gesture mm. handler. So, mm. you know, packages we've highlighted and actually spoken with, um, with the... Uh, with the people that are working on it. Mm-hmm. And that's great to see that's, th- that's in there. And it, if you click on, I think we're going to add it to the show notes, like a tweet that mm-hmm. kind of shows how you can use them together and has a really cool feel of you're scrolling through a list, you click on something, it animates the, the page, and then you kind of swipe it away. Um, if you've used the... I'm looking at it right now, and yeah. yeah, I agree. Like when we... If you've used the Etsy app, it's very yeah. similar to the Etsy app where yeah. you can do that kind of stuff, so... I know Etsy is built in native. So yeah, that's a pretty cool, pretty cool thing to highlight. Another, an open source package is using other op- open source package packages to bring you a very optimized and highly performant experience. Yeah. And that's probably why it won't come back to Flatlist mm-hmm. is because, you know, like Shopify is free to kind of select from third party libraries where the core kind of has to stay core. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that it's kind of sad that that's true. Yeah. But I understand that there's only so much the core team can build into React Native Core. So moving to our next thing, uh, just a quick thought on that. It, maybe this would now introduce Flatlist and all these other lists to move into the uh, community. So kind of the Lean Core initiative to keep mm-hmm. React Native a little bit leaner so that yeah. as a developer, we can choose between Flatlist or Flashlist. Mm-hmm. So it's true. Just something I was thinking about where if the if this initiative you know more packages kind of came out to improve the core react native would then react yeah. native go even leaner by pulling out some of this stuff to then give you the ability to come and go because i mean now we're talking about packages that have Re- all of react native that has flatlist and flashlist mm-hmm. sorry flatlist and section list and then now we're adding in another package when in turn we could get rid of flatlist and section list for that although they might be a dependency for each other i did not look into that yeah no that's that's a good that's a good point yeah. Moving to our next uh, thing on our list, our friends over at Callstack released Reassure. And so I, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited about this one because it combines two things that are very necessary for quality apps, uh, testing and performance measurements, me- metrics. So that's pretty cool. Uh, they have a cool website about it. You can go to callstack.com slash open dash source slash Reassure. Robin, what's what's this all about? You looked into this. So Reassure is a automated performance testing library, specifically regression testing. So it measures the average rendering time of the components in your app or the ones that you set up tests for, and then checks those for regressions each time you run the tests. Uh, it's compatible with CI, um, and it's the first... It seems pretty innovative. This is the first time I've ever seen performance specific regression like automated regression tests um callstack developed it for a client who then agreed to let them open source it 
Uh, the client was called Entane, not someone I've heard of, but mm-hmm. so they're partnering with them on it. Yeah, that's really cool. So it was it was built for a real world application, and now they're sharing it with all of us. Yeah, that's awesome. I love I love doing that with with our clients when we get a chance to open source stuff. Because like Ignite actually came out of two projects where we were kind of piloting the stack, um, and we had two two clients. So it's it's really cool. Uh, you essentially like set up. I'm looking at the the code example now. You set up a scenario which is just you know it's stuff like get get a button, uh, find like a, a text label, fire a couple of events, pressing the button, and then you check that text label to see if it changed the count. And then you can run this measure performance function on a on a component, and you can run it multiple times. So you can run it like 20 times to run that scenario, and then it would average that out and let you know if at the end of the day your component got slower. Uh, I will note that you it works on top of Jest and React Native Testing Library. Mm-hmm. So you have to have both of those set up in order for this to do its thing because it's basically yeah. setting up a, a React Native Testing Library test or event and then measures the performance of, of that render. So you have to have both of those in your app. So is this almost like a different way of comparing what we talked about in the past of the flame graph in Flipper? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm assuming more, quote unquote, stats based. Probably. I'm not sure how it works under the hood, obviously. But I mean, the flame graph is based on like milliseconds of render time per component or like tree scene node. Yeah. yeah. So I'm guessing this is using that. And this is only JavaScript. Mm -hmm. Uh, This won't do any real rendering, Um, you know, just like React Native testing library. It'll just run the the component. Right. You'll have to mock anything that's native. So it won't catch everything that's performance related, but it will it will catch like issues with your logic that introduce um you know a lot of slowness. That's cool. All right. Then we have React Native keyboard controller. This uh let's see who's the author on this one. Yeah this might be hard to pronounce. It his name is Kirill. Kirill Zuski. Zusko. Zusko. Yeah uh Georgia. Okay that's cool. Uh, so what, Mazen, you looked into this one, what, what is React Native Keyboard Controller? Yeah, so this is a package that pretty much works identically for iOS and Android. I've had a lot of issues in the past with keyboard management in general, and it's just thrown a lot of issues. So this is a nice, concise package that kind of puts them all together and makes sure that their appearance is all good. And again, he's using reanimated, so that's where this theme of reanimated keeps popping up. Yeah, no kidding. The the events keyboard will show and keyboard will hide are available on Android. They're mm-hmm. in the past they weren't available there, so it kind of exposes it on all on all platforms. So it makes it real good uh, to handle that. So again, we're offsetting the logic and handling of our keyboard to this third party library to basically make it all concise and in one spot for us. And yeah, and there's some good documentation on how to use it, and it's, it's very straightforward. Yeah, this looks this looks really good, and it's something I think we've needed for a long time because mm-hmm. keyboard always seems to be... I, like, I, I put out a tweet, uh, you know, like, terrify a React Native developer in five, <laughs> five words, and uh, there were a few that mentioned keyboard uh, avoiding Keyboard stuff, avoiding like, scroll view. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Th- this eliminates all that which is great and then he handles all the like quote-unquote edge cases that you see in the react native docs for android like Mm -hmm. window soft input mode adjust resize and all that kind of stuff are all handled so 
that's that's great yeah nice work by Kirill on this and uh it looks like it, he just released it uh you know he just like released it a few days ago which is which is awesome so go check that out react native keyboard controller we'll put a link in the show notes as well our friends over at formidable <laughs> came up with a thing called react native zephyr and it is a tailwind css inspired styling library for react native and they kind of mentioned that tailwind is really more built for the browser uh, and so they Sorry, CSS based, right? And so they kind of like take some of the, the ideas of Tailwind, but then bring in React Native experience to to do something more React Native focused. So, what do you think of this, Robin? I know you looked. At I this think one. it looks really cool. It's very different than than anything I've ever used. But uh, like looking at the examples, it seems really, uh, really full featured, really straightforward to implement, and it's sort of. It takes care of a lot of the styling and theming boilerplate that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Like if you, you install this package and then you just like right off the bat, you have things like light mode and dark mode. You have you can just sort of add these classes to your components for really common mm-hmm. things. Like you can add a flex one class, a justify center class without having to define those styles yeah. over and over again for every component. I know most of our apps have like a hundred different style sheets that have container flex one. Yeah. So you can add them as, as classes, uh, which seems uh, really helpful, really handy. So yeah, I'd be curious to, to use it on, on something and see, see how it looks, but yeah, it looks really cool. It's also type safe. So there's a lot of IntelliSense Mm -hmm. there, which is really, really cool. Yeah. That's very helpful. I mean, it's nice to be able to just like start typing and it'll show you everything that's available to you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they're using template little literals from TypeScript on that, which is a really cool thing. I've been seeing some stuff on Twitter about that. Played with it a little bit, but it allows you to have more than just, hey, this is a string, or hey, here is a predefined set of strings. It's like you can you can kind of compose strings, which is cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, good work from Formidable over there on that. We we also saw another thing from Formidable, which um, which I think is really cool. They're they're coming up with some cool stuff lately, and I actually had one of the creators of this come on my live stream rn.live the other day uh but it is react native owl uh, and that is visual regression testing um Mazen, what's what's the big deal with react native owl it's really cool end-to-end testing uh automated framework testing you know think think detox just much in my opinion much cooler and and kind of handles everything very seamlessly so it seems like is it a combination of a, like detox testing and storybooks like snapshot testing sort of yeah so basically and we had i had this it, when when we were doing ruby motion back in the day there was a thing called motion juxtapose which did almost exactly the same thing in fact i gave him some ideas during our stream on stuff he could do based on motion juxtapose but essentially it will uh generate it will it will create screenshots at certain points in your as you're kind of going through your app and then it will diff them and it will look for changes like, you know, problems like or maybe not problems, but like changes. And then it will if everything looks like it lines up, like between the last time it ran it and now it will pass. If there are some changes, it will generate a diff image and show you like it'll create like this HTML document where you can go look wow. at it and it'll have like on the left, it'll have the previous image and in the next, it'll show you the, the new image and then it'll show you the diff image. So you can see like literally snapshots because mm-hmm. like story, like storybook snapshots are like code 
diffs, basically. Yeah. Like they yeah. take the tree, like the rendered tree and compare it. But it's just comparing code. This is visual. Whereas this is literally taking screenshots. That's cool. It's more useful than the snapshot test because like you could actually refactor your back, your, your like your JSX and still end up with the same mm-hmm. result. Yeah, that's the that was one of the frustrating things about mm-hmm. about Storybook is that you if you change like the structure or like that if you rearrange the white space or something. Yeah, now it, it fails. Now it fails. But this is actually looking at the end. It's a true, it's a true um, integration test. And if you're like too lazy to write like a good, you know, full suite of tests, I really like visual regression testing because it's sort of a, it's like a smoke test. Like if you can get to the screen and show what you're seeing there, you know, something must have gone right. <laughs> you know, like it seems like it, it, you know. I wonder how brittle, how brittle it could be. We're gonna have to find out because I'm, yeah. I'm actually, I really want to use it on a project. I, I loved using motion juxtapose back in the day. That was like my go-to tool for, for testing really. And I want to use it in a, in a future thing. They have some other ideas that they're coming up with. Um, they're still developing it. But, um, but I, I, I gotta say like when I did, uh, the react native live with rob walker who's one of the the creators of react it react native owl it just blew my mind it was awesome go check it out we'll put the link in the show notes uh to the to the youtube uh recording of that live stream um but it is it was it was a lot of fun and they you know they they have a lot of ideas they're they're gonna continue to push push this forward correct me if i'm wrong is this very similar to percy percy was actually announced at chain react the one I attended, which is kind of visual testing as a service. Yeah, I briefly remember. Um, I believe it was Carly. When you Google it, the only thing that comes up is the talk at Chain React. Chain React. Yeah, it's Percy.io. Yeah. Yeah. I was there. And yes. I Google React Native Percy. Yeah. My, my. I'm curious if they still support it or not. What I briefly remember. Yeah, there's V2 that just came out. It looks like recently, but. What it sounds like is you can tie this to your um, CI/CD pipeline, mm, and it'll yeah. run the tests for you and get back to you on if it passes. Yeah, or not. It, it probably is similar. I I kind of forgot about Percy to be completely honest. I mean, from um, their docs, it looks like React Native isn't their focus anymore. It's yeah. just React JS. Yeah. I remember her saying that it was React JS specific, and that her and someone else that was working on it were creating a React yeah. Native Percy package to be handled. Um, now again i'm thinking this was 2019 this was like five four three years ago so who who knows if they actually got around to finishing that react native person yeah package now one cool thing about visual regression testing as well that we actually found out on stream is that the images that it generates if you accept them if you accept the image change you know like you can update the snapshot uh when you do a pull request it will show you the before and after of the visual, which is it's really basically cool. doing your screenshots for you. Yeah. yeah. So you can go look in the diff in the file diff and you can actually see images and like, oh, before it was this after it's this. Well, and like you GitHub will show it to you as an image and not yeah. just like a bunch of code code diffs. And that would be really cool to see the evolution of your app as you know, as you're evolving and creating oh, yeah. new screens. Yeah. yeah, it would be like like breadcrumbs to see how mm-hmm. your app has changed. I, it's really cool in a lot of ways. German yeah. side note, we should integrate this into Ignite right now and then 
when the new version of Ignite comes <laughs> out, we see how we've evolved. Spoilers. We have a new version of Ignite coming. No, it's true. Uh, and I mean, we, we only integrate things into Ignite when we, when, you know, like, like if we've tried it out on a project and it, and it works really well. But I want to get to that point with Ignite. I want to get to well, that point we're with, starting, with React Native We'll be starting an, a couple new projects. Or I guess we did just we start will. one. But we'll be yeah. starting a, a new one here pretty soon. Yep. Looking forward to maybe getting some of the stuff in there. Uh, lastly, and I, I want to get to this one as well. We have a new library from one of our own, from Infinite Red. Yeah. Uh, Infinite Red's Leon Kim, who is, yeah, I don't know, he's worked with us for eight, nine years, something like that. So... Leon's an awesome guy, and he released React Native Perspective Correction Image View. So it's Just an image view component. a bunch of math, because he's really <laughs> smart. It is true. It's an image view component that corrects the distorted, a, a distorted image with its corner points. The reason for developing this library was for their project, which involved users scanning, like, a, I think it was an ID or some kind of card. So they would have to scan it. And it would be like maybe not totally straight or wonky. And so they would have to correct it to make it perfectly mm-hmm. square. I think Evernote does this in there. Like if you scan stuff in mm-hmm. Evernote, it does that same thing. Bank of America could use the library <laughs> because like every time I'm taking a picture of a check, it's like lay it mm-hmm. flat. It is flat, but the camera <laughs> isn't getting it flat. So Perfect. correct yeah. it, please. It's a, it's cool. And like uh, like Robin said, it's, it's a lot of math. Uh, Leon has a master's degree in pu- computer vision. So... He is actually like imminently qualified for this sort of thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, really cool. Uh, go check it out. Um, it has seven stars. So uh, give it Have a few I more start stars. It? Uh, I'm going to go start it right now. Yeah, go start it. Okay, nine I just stars. start it. It's eight stars now. <laughs> nice. Nine. Yeah. So that's pretty much it uh, for the, the, the news that has come out. There's some other stuff. Uh, I know that Expo SDK 46 is coming and we're going to probably do an episode on that new versions of React Native, but we've done full shows on that, so we don't need to necessarily go over that here. So uh, yeah, that's another We React to News. If you'd like to nerd out more about React Native, you can join my Twitch stream at rn.live. You'll see cool guests like Rob come on with uh, cool libraries. We just explore them. It's fun. It's it's a lot of fun. And I've been doing it mostly on Fridays now during the summer. I haven't been doing too many Mondays. Uh, just been too busy. And you can also check out our new Twitter community are on twitter.infinite.red and go to community.infinite.red for our Slack community. There are over 2,000 React Native developers in there. And you can find Robin on Twitter, Robin underscore Heinz. You can find Mazen at Mazen Chami. You can find me at Jamin Holmgren. And our show is at React Native RDIO. As always, thanks to our producer and editor, Todd Worth, our assistant editor and episode release coordinator, Jed Bartoski, our designer, Justin Husky, and our guest coordinator, Derek Greenberg. Thanks to our sponsor, Infinite Red. Check us out at infinite.red slash react native. Make sure to subscribe. We will see you all next time. Bye.